0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Now, another Astros podcast. Welcome
0: back to Ash Launch, everybody. This is Steve Sparks, and I'm with Oakland skipper Bob Melvin today. I usually try to catch up once a year with you, Bob. I just want to ask you, I I read something about you last night, and you've had a lot of great managers when you were playing. And you've taken a lot of things from, from a bunch of guys. Johnny Oates was one of your managers with Baltimore, and he's the first one to plant that—that that maybe that coaching bug in your ear. Do you remember that? I do, and you know, I'd never even thought about it before. But
2: we no. had good dialogue. You catcher and the manager always have good dialogue, and and really, a manager makes the catcher watch the game like a manager does. So, just having the experience as a catcher. But we were playing Toronto one day, and. They were going from the seventh to the eighth inning and they had a left-hander pitcher in. We had a left-hander leading off the next inning and they didn't send the lefty out there just to try to make us make a move. And I asked him, why wouldn't they send the lefty out there just to make us make a move? And he said, he goes, I'm going to tell you something Walter Alston told me a long time ago. He goes, you watch the game the right way, I think you have a chance to do this. So it's the first time that,
0: like you said, a seed was planted that I thought, you know what, maybe someday. And then Frank Robinson, who is one of your managers, he got something out of you that you didn't really expect out of yourself. Do you remember that story?
2: Yeah, there were quite a few with Frank, but he made me a leader, a quarterback. He made me a little bit tougher. When I came from the Giants, I was that younger player, that second catcher that was looked at, you know, like a younger player. And when I got to Baltimore at the end of spring, I said, "Okay, what are your signs to me going to be?" And he goes, "What do you mean?" And I go, "Well, what are your signs going to be for throwovers, pitch outs, so yeah. forth and so on?" And he goes, "Well, let me ask you something. Who knows what?" how we're going to attack the hitters better than you do. Who knows the adjustments the hitters make and who knows the running game better than you do. I expect you to be my quarterback. I expect you to go back there and lead. And boy, I opened my eyes and, and really that year became a different player. Have you ever handed
0: over the reins to one of your catchers in that in that fashion?
2: I have. There's so much information now that, that, like with Stephen Vogt, I go over this stuff with him. He looks at me because I got all the stuff in front of me, but he's very aware. When he looks at me, a lot of times he knows what the signs are going to be anyway. Sometimes I'll do it in spring training, but there's just so much information now and not as much that there used to be that you'll see every manager in the league
0: still doing what we're doing. Which players have you coached? You've been in three different spots as a manager. Which players ask you the best questions? Can you can you name a couple? Steven Vogt's going to be one of
2: those guys. I really believe that. Um, you know, really, really all the catchers that I've had to extend. Dan Wilson's a guy that I had uh, in Seattle. Uh, you know, he's such a family man. He's gotten back into it a little bit. But I, I really think that he could be a manager if he wanted to. I'm not sure that he wants to be. Um, you know, I'd have to think about it a little bit. But I know all my catchers, based on the fact that they have to watch the game like a manager, all those guys
0: have the potential for it. Tell us about your relationship with Josh Reddick, who's with the Astros obviously now. But uh, it seems like you guys were tight. Really tight, and I threw batting practice to him
2: every day and, you know, really saw him blossom in uh, to a star the first year that he came to us. And here's a guy that, you know, is basically a role player, a bench player in Boston, came to us, put him in the three-hole out of need, hit 30-plus home runs last year, we ended up winning the American League West. So he was very instrumental and also the guy that I really leaned on to have our other players watch the way he played the game. He ran down the line hard every time. He was prepared to play every day, uh, had a little bit of the red, you know what, from time to time, but that's okay, too. And uh, we had a very close relationship. Unfortunately, I have to see him 19 (laughs) times on the other side, and you saw what he can do. Mm -hmm. Even when he's not swinging the bat last night, he brings a lot to the table, but a guy that, that, like you said, I was very close
0: to. I've read uh, players of yours talk about how consistent you are with your demeanor, whether you guys are losing or winning. Uh, Even when things are going on inside of your mind, is that important for you?
2: It is. You know, there are times, you know, it's our job to motivate them, um, you know, and inspire them, but you also have to be consistent when you're losing. We're going through a tough stretch right now after what was a very good stretch, but they have to understand over 162, you can't play roller coaster. You have to have the same mindset every day. You have to go out there with the same focus every day with the expectation to win every day, and I think that's the most important thing is to be as consistent as you can Uh, Like I said, there are times when you're losing or winning that that you might have to tweak that a little bit. Uh but I think routine is very important in this game. If you can take that root, same routine and insulate
0: it each and every day, I think you're going to be better for over the course of 162. That's two-time manager of the year, Bob Melvin. Thanks for catching up. Always great to see you. My pleasure. You as well.
1: Robert Ford, Steve Sparks on your radio, the Houston Astros Radio Network.
3: Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros first base coach and infield coach Rich Dower. And uh, You have a pretty talented group of infielders you get to work with. Richie you had to do a little bit of shuffling with uh, Altuve not starting a couple of games after coming out with the collision, but I mean, you just have so much depth with the infield, and you have a guy like Marvin Gonzalez or Alex Bregman who you can plug in at a different, at a bunch of different spots. Gurriel too.
4: Well, that's true. They're all they can all play a lot of different positions, and, and to believe it or not, Correa could probably be one of the better second basemen in the league too. But we we have a lot of uh, talent they uh, marwin creates a, a lot of freedom for aj to do whatever he wants if anybody goes down we have plenty of coverage uh, at any position
3: guriel has been playing mostly first base so far it's a, a pretty new position for him although he did play there last year but got a full spring training getting a workout at first base how has his development been over there for you
4: well he's been outstanding he's been he's uh Saved probably already 10 to 10 errors on the infield. Uh, you know, uh, just done a great job, made great plays. He's made all the routine plays. Uh, he's just a real joy. I you know finally got to know him in spring training. But what, what a delightful personality and hard worker. And uh, you know his his demeanor sometimes doesn't maybe look like it that he's very you know, slow or whatever, but he's not, man. He, when it's game time and when it's time to, to act, he's quick.
3: How much did it help having Jeff Bagwell come down as a special instructor during camp to, to work with Yuli on some of the nuances of, of playing first base?
4: Well, I mean, anytime you have somebody of that caliber, I mean, it's always going to, you know, kids look up to him and stuff. I mean, it would be nice if he was there every day. <laughs> it would be, but, uh, you know, Baggy was as for somebody that with his size and his ability was probably one of the most agile first basemans uh, to play the game. And I've played with our coach, and I've played with some great ones. And, uh, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, we'll just put him over on first base. Or, you know, you know, if you can hit, you can put, find a position for him on first base. Well, first base is probably the most, one of the most important positions on the field uh, because you handle the ball pretty much every play.
3: Try to go down memory lane here with you. A significant moment happened on this day in your career, 1979, April 29th. You played against Oakland, who the Ashes are playing today. The game was at the Coliseum. You were with the Orioles. You had a four-hit game and then hit a home run in that game. very next day, Orioles go to Seattle, Kingdome, play the Mariners. You have another four-hit game with a couple of doubles. Back-to-back four-hit games, eight hits in two games. Do you, do you remember much about those two?
4: Having a four-hit game, I would never forget (laughs) Uh, I don't remember it very well I just do remember you know every once in a while I was lucky so you were you were just lucky sticking around in the big league as long as you did you were just lucky yeah well I also had a very good team to play with so I had a lot of coverage when I wasn't doing well and there was a lot of times like that but I always seemed to be able to catch the ball and throw it to first base so Uh, with the Orioles back in those days if you could uh, we had pitching and defense and then uh, if we scored one run we felt we should beat anybody.
3: And that 1979 team that that was a team that wound up getting to the World Series lost the World Series to the Pirates in in seven games was that one of the more disappointing moments in your career disappointing moments in, in your run with Baltimore?
4: Well, I wouldn't say it was disappointing. Anytime you can get to the World Series, you're, you're the only scoreboard. Your game is the only scoreboard at the end of the day. But uh, we were young. We were, there was 10 of us. They called us the Alta Belli 10 that came up uh, to play with Earl, uh, for Earl. Um uh, I'm not saying we were just happy to be there because we wanted to win and we had a 3-1 to one lead and we had a lot of veterans on the club, which is what we've done to this club is add the veterans. So they taught us how to win and it was very disappointing. But to say it was a major disappointment, I, I would say no. Uh, it was uh, one of my better highlights.
3: Rich Dower, Astros first base coach and, and infield coach, thanks for joining us. Thank you. This
1: has been a production of the Houston Astros Radio Network.